The Veil of Isis, The Evolution of an Archetype Hidden in Plain Sight by Stephen Armstrong The image of the Veil of Isis has persisted through the centuries from ancient Egyptian Sais, where Athena and Isis were identified as one, to the present day. Originally, a symbol of wisdom, initiation, and the mysteries, it has successively become an image of protection, of the secrets of nature, of hidden history and truths to be revealed. In each historical context, the veil is an invitation to delve further into the truths which have been hidden in plain sight from the eyes of those who will not see. The origins of the veil of Isis are lost in the mists of time. However, we can pick up the trail of the story in the important late dynastic Egyptian city of Sais, where the divine feminine was very much revered and active. Sais, the provincial capital of the fifth gnome of ancient Egypt in the western Nile Delta near the Mediterranean, was dedicated to the goddess Neith. Sais rose to prominence in the 24th dynasty, during the 8th century before our era, and during the 26th dynasty, the 7th to the 6th centuries before our era, to which it gives its name, the Sait dynasty. Sais's patroness, Neith, was known as a goddess of war, but more importantly, since her name can mean water, she was identified with the primordial waters out of which all manifestation arose, the mother of all things. Because of this, she was also patroness of the household arts, especially weaving, of nursing mothers, as she is the nurser of crocodiles, and of wisdom. As the weaver, she weaves all of the manifested cosmos into being on her loom. In her role as the primordial source of all things, she transcended gender to encompass all. Another claim to fame of Sais was the nearby grave of Osiris, and Osirian mysteries were carried out on an adjacent island in the delta. It was natural, therefore, for Isis and Neith, both very ancient goddesses, to be assimilated to one another. Further, Greek visitors to Sais, such as Herodotus, Plato, and Diodorus Siculus, also identified this Neith Isis with Athena, holding that Athena built the city before she founded Athens, and that when Athens and Atlantis were destroyed by the Great Flood, Sais survived. Thus, the triple goddess Neith, Isis, Athena was worshipped at the goddess's shrine in Sais, a combination of very ancient feminine divinities. Plutarch, in commenting on the truths hidden in Egyptian religion, recounts that this shrine contains a most striking inscription. And the shrine of Athena at Sais, whom they consider the same as Isis, bears this inscription. I am all that hath been, and is, and shall be, and my veil no mortal has hitherto raised.
This ties together the universality of the divinity of Isis, consonant with her identity with Neith, the primordial source of all that is, with the evocative symbol of the veil of Isis, concealing unglimpsed mysteries. It is that symbol, the veil covering the source of all from our gaze, that has inspired philosophers, mystics, and artists for two millennia. In religious imagery, the veil of Isis was translated into Christian terms, easily understandable given the substantial parallels between both the Egyptian and the universal Isis and the Virgin Mary. A particular example of this veil imagery occurred in the Roman capital Constantinople. On several occasions in the 9th, 10th, and 14th centuries, the Virgin was seen in the church of Blacerne, spreading her veil over the city in protection from invasion and epidemics. A feast day was established for this protection of the Theotokos, God-bearer, on October 1st, and has become one of the most popular feasts among Slavic Byzantine Christians, both Orthodox and Catholic, and is still celebrated today, called Pokrov, or Holy Protection, and today transferred in Greece to Ochide, October 28th, when, in 1940, Greek Prime Minister Metaxas rejected Mussolini's ultimatum. This icon of the protective veil of the Virgin seems to have also spread to Western Europe and Roman Catholicism in the Virgin of Mercy image, showing the Virgin Mary spreading open her cloak or veil, which covers and protects those who are kneeling beside her. The first known instance of this image is from Italy in about 1280. The veil of Isis has also become an image of the secrets of nature, philosophy, and history. Even in ancient times, there was controversy over how to describe nature and nature's secrets. Heraclitus reputedly taught, Nature loves to hide itself. Pierre Hadot, a modern philosopher and culture historian, identifies two approaches prevalent throughout the Western European, medieval, Renaissance, and modern periods for discovering the secrets of nature. The Promethean approach was seen as stealing nature's secrets, much as the mythic Titan stole the fire of the gods. Along this path is mechanistic technological work, which seeks to dominate nature. The Orphic approach, on the other hand, is one of creative, artistic union with nature in order to discover her secrets through an initiatic gnosis. One further ancient goddess was destined to be assimilated to Isis at the dawn of the modern world. From as early as the Bronze Age, the goddess Artemis, Diana for the Romans, was worshipped at her magnificent temple in Ephesus, near modern-day Seltzuk in Turkey. The temple was one of the seven wonders of the world and contained a statue of the goddess, which undoubtedly predated Hellenic culture, to which great cultic significance was attached. She is covered by dozens of milk-giving breasts, polymaston, indicating that she is the source of all life. The Greco-Roman manifestation of this goddess is probably an assimilation of the older Anatolian mistress of nature and life 
who was worshipped in the same area. We can consider the parallel imagery with the ancient Egyptian Neith, the primordial source of all being, nurser of crocodiles. At the beginning of the 16th century, the representation of Artemis as an allegory for nature resurfaces in the art of the Italian Renaissance. Raphael uses the polymaston Artemis of Ephesus figure in his 1508 Philosophy as part of his Stanza della Signatura in the Vatican. Niccolo Tribolo created his marble nature with this design in 1529 at the Chateau de Fontainebleau in France. Scholars, artists, and esotericists from the 16th century to the 19th century followed the identification of Artemis and Isis, already the universal goddess of the Isis mysteries, made in the ancient world to represent nature. The writers of the 17th and 18th centuries were quick to adopt this association. The Jesuit esotericist Athanasius Kircher refers to the veil of Isis as a symbol of nature's mysteries in Oedipus Aegypticus from the 1650s and uses the image of the polymastic Isis Artemis in the frontispiece to his Mundus Subterraneus, Volume 2, in 1664. This example is followed by many. Hado suggests that Kircher's reference to Isis's veil as nature's secrets is at the very foundation of the Egyptomania of the Romantic and modern periods. By the middle of the 18th century, this identification was complete with all its parts. Nature, all nurturing, in the figure of an Egyptian goddess, covered by the veil of Isis, hiding her secrets. As the 17th and 18th centuries progressed, and the exploration of science grew rapidly in Western consciousness, it was a natural step to conceive of this as removing the veil. One of the first instances of this image in art is in Gerardus Blasius's Anatomy of Animals in 1681. Hado describes the frontispiece. Here we see science represented in the form of a young woman with a flame above her head, symbol of the desire for knowledge, a magnifying glass, and a scalpel in her hands, unveiling a woman who has four breasts on her chest. Nature also bears the symbols of the seven planets on her chest. On her right arm, which bears a scepter, perches a vulture, a reminder of the first types of images of nature discussed earlier. Other animals are gathered around her, and at her feet we see two putti, the symbols of scientific labor. One of them is dissecting an animal, the other examines entrails while looking at nature with admiration. This basic imagery would set the stage for the respectful unveiling of Isis, revealing the secrets of nature. This would be repeated in various designs by Anton van Leeuwenhoek in 1687, Peter Paul Rubens in 1620, as well as many others. For civic celebrations in 1814 and 1825, 
the philosopher and polymath Goethe used an emblem created by the Weimar Drawing School, genius unveiling a bust of nature. The symbolism of nature was clearly the same as the polymastic Isis. For Goethe, the key to understanding nature is intuition, grasping the all. Nature gives all with generosity and benevolence. She has no pit or shell. She is all at once. And in another place, If you succeed in making your intuition first penetrate within, then return toward the outside, then you will be instructed in the best way. Goethe uses the phrases offenbares Geheimnis and öffentliches Geheimnis, more or less a secret in broad daylight, reminiscent of hidden in plain sight. O mountain of unexplored bosom, mysterious in broad daylight, above the astonished world. And nothing is within, nothing is without. What is inside is also outside. Seize then with no delay the sacred mystery in broad daylight. Through the Romantic period of the 18th and 19th centuries, the veil of Isis and unveiling nature through intuition and gnosis continued to be important themes. Carl Leonhard Reinhold, a Masonic writer, writing on the Hebrew mysteries, follows a well-known Masonic theme. The Hebrew mysteries are actually the Egyptian mysteries in a new manifestation. In this process, he identifies the Isis of Sais with yod vav in the burning bush, who proclaims, I am who am. In the English version of the passage in Exodus, the parallel is not as clear. However, in the Septuagint Greek version, created by the Jewish initiates in Alexandria in the second century before our era, the identification is more obvious, as the voice from the burning bush says, Ego emi ha'on, I am being. Unusual as this may sound to conventional monotheists, it is well attested as far back as ancient Egypt, as a modern scholar of Egyptian religion points out. That is the situation in Ramesside theology. The unity of God is realized as neither pre-existence nor a counter-religious monotheistic concept, but as a latency, as a hidden unity, in which all living plurality on earth has its origin, and whose inscrutable nature can be experienced and stated only in its manifestations, the colorful reflection of the polytheistic divine world. This idea also occurs in the Corpus Hermeticum. All names are those of one God. The version of the inscription at Sais, reported by the 5th century Neoplatonist Proclus, continued to exert great influence on philosophers, artists, and mystics. Eric Hornung, 
a leading modern scholar of Egyptian religion and its continuing influence, comments on the importance of these lines. Schiller again used this text, which was found on a pyramid at Sais, in his essays The Mission of Moses in 1790 and On the Sublime. And in his Critique of Judgment, 1790, Kant states, Perhaps there has never been a more sublime utterance or a thought more sublimely expressed than the well-known inscription upon the Temple of Isis, Mother Nature. I am all that is, and that was, and that shall be, and no mortal hath raised the veil from before my face. For Beethoven, who had it standing framed on his desk, and for many other contemporaries, this quotation was the embodiment of Egyptian wisdom. Throughout the journey of millennia, Isis has taken on many forms and incorporated all of the divine within her, ultimately becoming the manifestation of the source of all. Today she is present practically everywhere one would look. A simple Google Internet search on her name yields 21,900,000 sites or pages dealing with myriad aspects of Isis. From neo-Egyptian religious groups to clothing lines. This is a respectable total for a divinity whose last ancient temple at Philae was closed almost 1,500 years ago. The loving mother of Horus, the savior goddess, the queen of heaven, Isis still holds her veil protectively over her children after thousands of years. No one has lifted the veil because there is no need to. The mysteries the veil conceals are hidden in plain sight, open to all those who have eyes to see and ears to hear her message through the ages, as true today as in ancient Sais. I am what is and what will be and what has been. No one has lifted my veil. The fruit I bore was the sun. <laughs>